everybody, and welcome to Romancing Our Stones. I am Matt, and I'm here with Alex. Hey. And uh, Romancing Our Stones is the male survival guide to pop culture and media that your girl will drag you to. So we're here to make it that much better. All right, so Alex, um, our beer of the day, what, what are we drinking today? Well, we are drinking a lovely blueberry sour from our friends at our mutual friend out here in Denver. Oh, wow. So I'm going to take that. my first sip. Cheers. Mm. Mm. That is both sour and blueberry. Um, so um, we're going to tackle something. Uh, I think you picked a classic. What do you have for us today? Well, our story today, a uh, movie directed by Richard Curtis, follows the lives of eight very different couples in dealing with their love lives in variously loose-related tales, all set during a frantic month before Christmas in London. I'll give you one guess at what that movie is. Fuck me. Uh, that was wrong. <laughs> Sorry. So what uh, we'll do first is, actually, it is love, actually. Wow. Okay, well, I know this movie pretty well. Uh, this is the quintessential holiday classic. I, I couldn't imagine being in the boardroom when they're like, hey, I have an idea for you. Let's take eight people. They're all a little bit different, but they're all intertwined somehow. And we have a Me Too fucking disaster. <laughs> I mean, that's today's standards. And I'll say, too, that there's a... Uh, argument that whether or not this is a quote-unquote classic holiday movie yes that's what, that's what we're just talking about was well, even about christmas yeah, are, we, are, really. we, are we gonna cover that i don't even know where to start i just gotta tell you though i recently came back from holiday break and you know came out the airport no one was really standing there with signs or anything like that i don't think that uh that premise to the movie really holds court anymore well, thanks to thanks a lot osama <laughs> yeah no joke well, so there's a couple storylines here uh, throughout the movie. I don't know where you, which one you want to start with because, you know, like the, like your tagline says, there's eight eight different storylines. So where do you want to start? Really, it, it's kind of a tricky story because there is so many different plot lines in this one. But uh, let's – I think we could probably – I think there's a couple of theories we can go. I know I have an Alan Rickman theory. Oh. I know you've got like a Bill Nehe theory. <laughs> I, I want to – I say let's just start. Let's start with that first. Um, yeah, the first story with that. Yeah, Bill Nehe, and he's the uh, the pop the pop music singer. Oh, right? yes. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Nehe. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not hey, on first is, name is basis it, over is here. Is it Nehe um, or Nehe? Well, he texts me. Nehe there, there, here, nor there. Um, he sends me you up text at three a.m. Yeah. So I, the whole singing, Billy. Is his name Nehe in the movie? Bill Nehe. Yeah. Oh. No, no, no! It's that, that's his act. That's his. That's his actual name. We're talking about the story here. Yeah, stick, stick to the script. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's like he really had no purpose in the movie. Um, but other than I think that what I found when I was watching this movie is that it he ultimately is recognizes that this movie is a piece of solid gold shit, just like his song with just Christmas in the lyric to a really shitty synopsis. It, it really, I think, the entire time he's trolling us by the director letting us know how terrible this movie actually is. It's Inception. It, it could be. I, seriously, I literally, if you look at some of the direct quotes from him, he said, you know, uh, this is solid gold shit. Um, I'm trying to look through a lot of parts of my notes. Um, <laughs> this is going to upset so many women. <laughs> I, well, I don't know. I don't know. You're right. You're, but, you're telling me that it's But garbage. the entire time, like, his didn't make sense, and then he fell in love with his chubby, his chubby manager... And then he was playing but it the guitar. Wasn't really, it was like just buds. Oh yeah. Well, I didn't know that when I watched this as a kid. I literally thought that he 
ultimately came to the realization that he loved his manager in a non-platonic way. So did I. But now that as I watch it as an adult, like they are just bros. But he doesn't fit, except for, you know, the little kid watches his naked guitar playing, which creeped me out as well. Yeah, his his story is ancillary at best. It's like there isn't anything fully intertwined as to the rest of the I guess you could say rather like A to B streamlined love stories. Yeah. So let's talk about let's talk about the best looking people in this whole movie. Let's talk about Colin uh, Firth. Oh, I was going. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, uh, I was going to go. Ryan with, I, I want to go with the prime minister here, uh, Hugh Grant. Okay, you know it did. Uh, Hugh Grant got to make the money next time. Yeah, Hugh Grant. Oh, sorry, prime minister, whatever his name is. You know he falls in love with the um, the uh, arts and crafts, not arts and crafts, the craft services person who essentially gets his tea. Staffer. Um, yeah. Staffer. Um, he is the leader of Britain, and he's. Um, Romantically pursuing a subordinate. Pulls a Bill Clinton. <laughs> yeah, kind of a Bill Clinton. Call it what it is. Call it what it is. I mean, this is a Me Too <laughs> disaster. I mean, this would never fly in today's bit. And, and, and you look at throughout there, there's a common through line through this whole thing. You know, he offered to kill Natalie's ex, you know, which is kind of worse than the Ukraine thing that's going on right now. Um, <laughs> President Billy Bob Thornton comes on to her. And that's supposed to be a representation of us, that we're just this really horny dudes that like, you know, as they call chubby women. And they fat shame Natalie the entire time. Her mom, her dad calls her plumpy. Uh, the uh, other person in the office said, oh, the heavy chick. Yep. Like, literally, like, I, I cringed watching this whole thing. <laughs> I, I, well, what do you do? And, and you know, you, <laughs> the whole whole movie, if you think about it, you have the prime minister and a caterer. You have Colin Firth, who's the author. And he's he's hitting on the maid. It's my favorite storyline. That's your favorite. You have Alan Rickman and his secretary, and you have him talking inappropriately to Laura Linney in in the office space. Uh, You have fat shaming. You have workplace harassment. I mean, this is a weird plot, and we're supposed to sit around thinking like this is like a romantic masterpiece. Well, also I think too is is the fact that all those stories you just mentioned again, all these the way essentially women are just objectifying this whole, whole yeah, movie seriously they don't know they don't learn anything about these women they don't care to learn anything about these women no there's no there's like the this quote-unquote love actually it's just really surrounds this whole concept of it, it's a struggle to get to that point and then once you get to the point where you say you love somebody oh that then the relationship it's all downhill after that it's all downhill it could be possibly be called lust actually because <laughs> really the only love story is the the <laughs> breakdown of alan rickman and and his wife's relationship you yeah. know it's the only in the actual real marriage they'd actually try and shed light on yeah and so, the struggles that they, they deal with <laughs> so oh, lust man. actually is actually what I, we're, we're coining this now um so appropriate yeah you have the prime minister natalie um you and for those who are hugh grant fans um my count in this movie was one funeral and one wedding one wedding so it wasn't four weddings and a funeral it was one wedding and one funeral in the movie um and you know just as you jump more into this, guys, you're probably like wondering why should I watch this movie? Um, there's boobs in it, so uh, just sit tight. There's actually a lot of them, um, which is a good thing. Um, so you had you want you really have been talking and desiring to speak about Colin Firth. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that storyline? Yes. Yeah, so uh, uh, Colin Firth is the uh, an author writing a story, and he has. I forget for one for one reason or another he has escaped and gotten out to some mountain cabin. He's traveled away. He's he's gone on an airplane. He's taken off. And he what, what, 
is he, is he in some other country? How, how does he meet this um, this girl? This, I thought like, it was his house and his old maid On quit. the English countryside, yeah. Okay, so his, his maid quits, and he picks up this new this new girl, and she doesn't speak a word of English. No, and he barely does, too. Well, it's gone for it. Oh, sorry. So I love him so much. It's the English accent, sorry. <laughs> so Colin, or I don't even know what his character's name is in this one. What is, is I didn't write it down. Uh, the author, the novelist, yes, and so he uh, he he ends up having this this new maid kind of help him out around the house while he's literally just got writer's block, and he's trying to figure out how to write, and he's, and, uh, he's looking for a story. And meanwhile, he just keeps noticing this maid, and she she screws up a couple things, kind of gets on her case a couple times here and there, a little invasion of privacy, or kind of walking in while he's in the middle of trying to get through his writer's the wrong block. time to offer a biscotti. Yeah, yeah, it, I yeah, understand the biscotti incident. Yeah. This so, happens all the time. So this guy, basically, there, there's no, this love story is going nowhere until, until the most romantic thing that could possibly happen in a guy's life. Which was, she professed her love to him and he finally recognized it? No, no, no. What movie were we watching? <laughs> this movie, he sees her skinny dipping, taking off her clothes, basically getting into uh, the lake that's right outside of the house. And that's when he realized he liked her? That's when No, that's when he realized he loved her. Oh. He actually loved her. Wow, love actually is around. Mind you, they, again, they don't speak... He speaks English, she speaks Portuguese. They don't speak a single word to each other outside of in their own languages. So, that again, he has no way of getting to learn who she is, what her passions are. She could be a Portuguese Hitler. Couldn't you? Well, <laughs> he uh, wouldn't even know that. That's happened before. But she's got a hot body. Yeah. <laughs> well, isn't love an international language that you know we're expected to know? I mean, if apparently, guys, if you take your clothes off, yeah, guys, that's guys, what we were learning here. If guys are supposed to pick up on love hints and love languages, man, we are not fluent at all. But um, that's pretty funny. So, yeah, that's that's one of my favorite stories again because there's literally not a single word. And so it was a summer fling. Oh he, no, he, no, no! He, he didn't ask for her hand in marriage, did she? Oh, he does. Oh, he does. Don't worry. Yeah, he so he waits until Christmas. Oh, yeah. Isn't that kind of stealing Jesus's thunder? A little bit. Yeah. It's I, all about Colin Firth. Got it. It's all about Colin Firth. At least he didn't do something stupid like have the whole town follow him to ask this woman to marry him. Oh, he did. Oh, he, he did. did. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, he made sure the whole town was in charge. So the, obviously, too. I don't know what peer pressure is, but that seems like it's about it. Again, she doesn't know this guy, but all of a sudden, she's got forty-eight eyes on her at once. You know how frustrated you'd be if, like, you like, like this person comes up to you, is like, hey, well, I'm going to propose this chick. All right, we'll follow you, and you march three miles, and all of a sudden you get to the thing, and she's like, Yeah, no, yeah, I, I, well, now I got to walk back. This is a waste of time. Or again, how about her? How trapped she she must feel in that situation. The whole town's gonna be like, uh, okay, awkward. But she learned she learned English, so that's, that's good. Just to say, she said yes. yes. I mean, you know. Uh, so I mean, that was and he was related. Who was he related to? He was friends of. Uh, I thought he was the brother. No, no, not brother of. Was he connected to Laura Linney? Yes, he was connected. He was friends with Laura Linney, who her whole thing. <laughs> I love her story. Oh too. gosh, like. So uplifting. Her, yeah, oh, like it's depressing. Like I was drinking anyway while watching this movie, but I took a <laughs> shot after what happened to her. She's essentially a, a very attractive woman that likes um, some guy in her office, and not Kira, Linda, Laura Lynn. Yeah. Okay. You have no idea what the fuck they do, but they're all in the same office space. Yes. Alan Rickman's her boss. That yeah, that's and she that likes the, her coworker. And um, for Hogwarts, but I digress. But <laughs> he was a he was an Harry Potter. We'll get there. Okay, uh, so she uh, she can't love anyone because she has to take care of her brother. 
who is uh, special needs. Who's institutionalized, by institutionalized. the way. Institutionalized. He's not on the streets or anything. Yeah, so at any, at any time, if he starts acting up, someone can step in and, like, uh, I don't know, they can tie him down to a bed for worst-case scenario. I mean, but she doesn't need to, like, drop everything she's doing. Like, she was in the middle of finally scoring with this guy, and all of a sudden she gets a phone call. It's like, I have to get this. Oh, and, and their whole story, like, 80% of their whole story, it's them and this, like, it's this sexual angst back and forth going oh, yeah. on and then they finally get to the chance where they're alone in a room again not actually love just just lost like love. you said yeah but they get to the point where they're both about to score and then she gets the phone call and for some reason that just completely kills the vibe like total cock then flash cuts i don't to... like the brother he's a total cock blob but... yeah it flash cuts to them in the psych ward and then he takes a swing at her and she just kind of blocks him and says no 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 yep and, it was, it, and then there's like she's like dressing up uh, with a Santa hat and wrapping them in tinsel. So there's that. But we, then, but then like, they lay, they lay the foundation there of, the, of of that being like, oh, well, it's never going to happen again. Like I don't understand. That. Okay, so it was an episode. At, go out on a date tomorrow. Like, <laughs> yeah. Or just like hang up the phone and then get it on. I mean, we're we're yeah. I'll we're, be there in 15 minutes, honey. <laughs> this guy's probably gonna last three. So yeah, I'm good. Like, yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, and then there's so there's there's that she's at the wedding of Kira Knightley's character, um, Laura Linney is, for reasons not known to us, um, and I have a real issue with this particular relationship. This one is highly revered as the um, the most romantic of them all. Yes, and it has uh, the dude. Guys, from the- guys, wait, before we get in, before we get in, this is probably the scene you guys have all seen. He's yeah. sitting outside with a with a poster board and Scott. Oh, I, I counted. He had thirteen poster cards. Thirteen poster cards. So, yeah. if 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 you guys are thinking, I feel like I've heard of this movie before. It's this scene right here that you're that you're thinking of. And yeah. the scene makes no fucking sense. No. I was talking to my friend. She she likes this movie a lot. She thinks that's the most romantic gesture in the entire world. I mean, she this guy forces this girl to commit an act of infidelity within thirty ma- thirty days of her marriage. Well, yeah. So oh, sorry, like, back up. Provide context. Back up. Provide context. Sorry about this. So, so our guys are like what? So. <laughs> This dude is this guy is her husband's best man. They talk about had getting prostitutes, male prostitutes at the bachelor party. I was watching this the entire time, thinking that <laughs> I always forget that he. Yeah, yeah. They, I thought this entire time that they, he was romantically attracted to her husband. He basically ignores the shit out of Kira Knightley's yeah. character. Yeah, um, she's like non-existent, non-existent to him, and she gets pissed about it. Like, why don't you like me? Mm-hmm. And so she goes. To, she goes to confront him, and you know. Adding to the whole potential, you know, gay storyline, you know, Lauren Linney comes up to uh, Walking Dead. What's his name? Oh, oh am I forgetting his name? Um, uh, well, anyway, she comes up to him while he's filming them dance, and she's like, "Do you still lo- do you love him?" He says, and he just kind of sits there and says nothing. And then flash cut, um, you know, Kieran Knightley comes into the studio and says, "Hey, like." Do you have any video of me? I've never really got to see me in my dress. And he's like, oh, yeah. and he's like, no, don't got nothing. I, I taped over it. She's like, well, let me look at it. And she opened her, puts it on the thing, and on the like, TV. like a complete. Then it's VHS. Is it VHS? It's a VHS. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like a complete. That's, that's dating this movie too, guys. Yeah. So it's yeah. on VHS. Yeah. He pulled out his iPod <laughs> video, and uh, and so she watches this video, and he creepily films just her face. The it's entire just time. her. And she finds out it's just her. And then she thing. she walks away, and. There's nothing really more that happens with the storyline other than the guy's art studio holds the company party uh, mm-hmm. for Rickman. Uh, Again, it's like a six degrees thing. It's like not even like they're, they're, yeah. at very best they're loosely connected. But so then he goes. This is the scene everyone knows. She's watching 
uh, movie with her husband who seems like an aloof and not interested in her at all. She goes downstairs, she opens up the door, and he said, holds up a sign that says, tell them it's carolers, and he puts on the stereo, and then he drops... Carolers. Oh, carolers. Okay, yeah. What did I say? You guys haven't seen this. You gotta go... Yeah, okay, sorry. Yeah. Chris he said he's carolers. This is, yeah, sorry. Um, he said he just pressed the button. He pressed the it's button. the jukebox playing it's, carolers. It's silent night, going back and forth, and he's dropping <laughs> these cards that essentially says, hey... To me, you're perfect. And then he said, I just had to say that. Then he starts to walk away. She chases him down the street and gives him a big kiss and then runs back. This is this dude's best man. And he's moving in on his chick within 30 days. And we're all supposed to think this is like the most romantic gesture in the entire world. I think it's a pretty shitty gesture on my my, my, my right stand. I'll, I'll give it this much. Without context. If you're just walking by and some guy's doing this for his girl, you're like, that's romantic. Yeah. Not... A woman who's already married. One. Two. Married to your best friend. If he's a best man, you're the best friend. Yeah. Best men are usually not just, uh, like, I, I, you know, it's I don't have any friends. I need to hire somebody. Like, no, he wasn't hired to be a best man. He was the best man because they'd grown up their entire lives together, and they told each other everything, and they have each other's back. Or so we would think or yeah. assume. Yeah. But, but for him, I, I, I kind of rule my life by, you know. Don't be a dick. No, no, don't go after my friend's wives. I kind of, you know, I, I kind of draw the line there. It's kind of under that category. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you can throw girlfriends in there as well. File that in there, index that right underneath the don't be a dick category. But yeah. yeah. But the whole storyline makes no sense, but girls swoon over it. So, um, you know, then it comes to, which I think is a comic relief. They had the guy that went to America. Yes. And, uh. January he needs a life. Except for January Jones. January Jones, Alicia Cuthbert, mm-hmm. Shannon Elizabeth, all those people. It is not that easy to get laid in a bar these days. I don't think you walk in and all of a sudden 10 out of 10s walk up to you. And especially when you're looking as bad as that guy does. Um, I, think, I think our listeners are probably agreeing with you here on this one because if they're listening to us talk about chick flicks for their future dates, yeah, they're trying to hold on to the one they got. So. <laughs> it's I mean, not that easy. You're not as good looking as your girl, I'll put it that much. But... <laughs> You know, as a single man, I can say, you know, they're good looking girls. Um, and then he comes back and I, I don't know, we're supposed to be excited about him. Then there's the porno couple. Yes. That also don't make any sense. But the thing that creeped me out the most about them is they show up at the children's play at the end of the movie where uh, Hugh Grant's nieces and nephews and Rick Alan Rickman's uh, kids are. Yes, the guy it knows them somehow and brings her, right? Or, is it, or does she bring I don't know. They were on the guess. front steps. Yeah, We're supposed yeah. to be, like, okay with these people. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's really no... They're kind of degenerates. Yeah, one's a hobbit. They're softcore porn officers. Or porn officers. Whoa. There's no hierarchy there. Porn officers. I think that sour is starting to kick in. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, they, but, don't, they don't really factor in. There's, he's also an Avengers. Or not Avengers. Captain America. Martin Freeman. He's the CIA agent. Oh, and he's in Black Panther. So, well, there you have it. You heard, you heard it here first. And oh, and going back one more step, Andrew Lincoln, y'all. Before the zombie apocalypse, Andrew Lincoln is the douchebag, best man trying to pick up Kieran Knightley. Which, again, it's Kieran Knightley. Part of me gets that, but still a dick move, Andrew. So it's an English movie. So of course I threw Mr. Bean in. Yes. Um, Probably the best part of the whole movie. Actually. Yeah, uh, probably the best part of the whole movie. <laughs> Yeah, you you'll, you'll you guys will enjoy that point. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, oh yeah, we're forgetting about the the whole naivety of love character of all. Yeah, you have the little boy. Yep. That loves a girl with his mom's name, and uh, 
got some real repressed, real repressed feelings that are not getting addressed well at I, all by dad. I think his therapist would have a field day with that. But, <laughs> you know, he and his dad sit around and casually talk about adult sex, which I found very strange. Oh, who's dad again? Uh, his dad is the, uh, he's a man with a certain set of skills. Um, and, parenting's uh, not one of them. Yeah, parenting's <laughs> not one of them. Got to give him some slack, though. He's a stepdad. Um, That's true. But uh, he tells them to a learn a learn a musical instrument to get the attention of this girl, and B he tells them to run through security, commit a felony, and try and get in front of her before you know. This movie was released post nine eleven, but it had some elements that were pre nine eleven because I think they filmed it before. I was like, was it pre? Yeah, was it filmed pre nine eleven? It was filmed pre, but it was released post. And they addressed nine eleven in two thousand three, the- so they were probably filming. They probably. Those those assholes probably filmed that. That was probably the first scene they filmed. <laughs> they they literally um, they literally addressed nine eleven in the beginning just to kind of set the tone of the movie. Um, and so the kid commits a felony, runs past TSA, and uh, everyone's whole mantra through this whole fucking thing was it's Christmas. So yeah. and I hate that about Christmas movies. It's like there's never a situation where I was like, well, heroin's on the table. It's Christmas. I think I'll start with the Christmas Carol. I talk about the, the spirit of Christmas. Oh yeah. And then they just use that as carte blanche to have people do whatever the hell they want to do. <laughs> and because it's Christmas, which, again, this falls into that category. It's actually not a Christmas movie. It's no. not, And we, we're arguing, it's not even a romantic movie. No. Yet, somehow, they slip it in there. <laughs> I don't get it. And literally, some of the bottom of me, too, like, the little kid's mom just died. Yeah. They, they have yeah. a funeral in it for his mother. And then the only thing you can think about is love. Like, he loves his little girl. It's like, did he like his mom at all? You know, there's some repressed feelings because he likes a girl with the same name as his mom, but uh, we all bereave in different ways. But I feel like, yeah, the fact that like mom isn't really mentioned bereave or grieve, bereavement, right? I, I thought it was grieve. Well, you can grieve, but bereavement is when like you go out to like when a family member dies, you don't you to get out of work. I use that one all the time at work, actually. Uh, that's why I'm bereaving my I've, I've, I've had like eight aunts die already, so oh, okay, oh, okay perfect. I, I'm going to the uncles next year, so, okay. Well, they're next, you're upgrading, yep. Um. And the last storyline is one of the sadder ones. Alan Rickman, uh, who's Professor Snape in Hogwarts. Yes. Um, he and his wife are plateauing, I think is the word he used. And there's a very sexually aggressive secretary. Like, really sexually aggressive. Like, showing her clam in the chair. and uh, Buying lingerie. Buying lingerie. How he would like to see her in it. And, like, there's no, like, there's no fight in the fact that, like, she... Without saying it, she like wants to jump his bones. Yeah, which makes sense because he's, he's Alan Rickman, the hottest man in the century. He's uglier than sin. Got our sister. But uh, she's not with us anymore. He's not with us anymore. Um, so anyway, you know, he and the secretary buys the necklace. The wife thinks the necklace is for her. It never comes. You know, there's zero closure with his entire storyline. If anything, it's probably the most real story because. Things are just getting tied up in this boat. Everything's happy now. Yeah, like I said, that's the actual love story of yeah. this whole thing. Yeah. Everything else doesn't, you know. It's just the most depressing story of all, too. <laughs> it is. So there's no closer with him, you know. You know. I don't know. So where are we? What happens to Carl? Carl's who he, she liked in the office. We don't know. There's no closure for him. Do we assume that Laura Linney gives up on love forever to take care of her brother? She waits for him to die. Na- naturally, yes. But then her eggs will be no good. Yeah, but... Keep going. Okay. You're, on, you're on the roll of eventually what we're getting to, yeah. right? What does Rickman do? What does Professor Snape do? Actually, they never say what he actually yeah. does for a job. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know... People just make money in movies. Don't you realize that? What happens... Everybody's a successful job to make good money. They don't <laughs> well, tell you what they do. 
Where's our working here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what, and then last, like, what happens the next time the three of them, when we're talking about um, the card guy, best friend, come moving on? The next time they go for a get together for a barbecue, like, do you address it? No. You know. Yeah. That again, that, this movie doesn't do any justice in actually applying reality to anything because it's all about. You see all these scenarios take place, and like you said, with with Carl, for example, what happened? We'll call him Carl, but Tyrion Knightley's or the, the best man situation. He, he, you know, they have this quote unquote romantic scene, which is actually just kind of sick. But like you said, the next barbecue or whatever, they all hang out again. Like, who's who's going to break first, or is this poor soul of the man who's who's actually married to Kira Knightley, just forever going to be unbeknownst to him? That there's this sexual tension between those two. I mean, my my point is all of these stories they all lead up to to basically. There needs to be a sequel. <laughs> yeah, it's called divorce. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too close to home. Um, so still working on my. Door. That's kind of the whole thing. There, I mean, there's other parts in it that I didn't. It kind of irked me, like when they're slow dancing at a company party. When is that acceptable? Um, yeah. Sl- I haven't been to a slow dance since high school dancing. Seventh grade. Yeah. All about the freak, you know? Um, but uh, I think it comes down to where we this comes down on our stone rating. Uh, just to remind everyone yeah. at home, we each have two stones to give. Uh, you know, four stones means that this is a good movie that you can go see with your girl and you'll enjoy it. You're not going to die watching this. You're not going to die. One means you should, if you do go, you know, you're, lo- you know, you're losing your testicles by going to this one and you're going to hate, hate life moving forward. So, uh, Alex, I'll give you the honors. Where does this come down on your stone writing? Were you romanced? I don't know why, but there is a part of this movie that still romanced my stones. You do have to step back. And once you step back, you realize how ridiculous it is. But I will say that if you're with your girl, the first time going through it, if you don't have, if you don't have a romantic bone in your body or don't care for romantic chick flicks, whatever you want to call these romantic comedies, you're going to give it a stone. I, I grew up watching these kind of movies. Um, part of it struck those chords for me. I'll, I'm going to give it two. Wow. I'm going to give it, I mean, it's reluctant to, wow. but I'm going to give it a reluctant two. Okay. Well, because they, like, despite the fact that we can tear this part from every relationship, it still checked all of those boxes. And it was entertaining for me. It was entertaining for me the first I remember watching the first time. I was like, this is a good romantic comedy for Christmas. No, it's not. It, after the fact, you'll realize that. But. Yeah, I, so I'm kind of fall along the same lines as you in the sense that if they didn't package this as a Christmas movie, they, you could watch this movie any time of the year. Yep. Uh, it's a very entertaining movie. has a lot of redeeming factors in it that uh, guys uh, can get along with. It's funny. Uh, there's a lot of foul language there are British dry humor, British dry humor. Um, you know, it's not, it's not terrible. I, I, I thought about giving this one stone just because, you know, I, I, it's not, it's, it's not a good romantic movie, but it's very entertaining. So I'm actually going to give both my stones to this movie yes. to, because it's, it's good. There's so much like, to hate about it, but it's hard, but you love to hate it at the same time. And I think that having eight, eight storylines keeps you from getting bored. Mm-hmm. It also keeps you from, you know, if you don't like a certain storyline, you can just kind of glob on to another one. And then you kind of cheer. It's kind of like when, you know, you're listening to a, a pop song and you hear the title of the song in the song. You're like, Oh, there it is. It's kind of like, 
when they intertwine certain storylines, you're kind of like, oh! There's a light bulb moment. A, yeah, yep. it, so it kind of makes it good. Well, that said, the movie's terrible, yeah, but, but it's but, good. Again, if you're a straight, heterosexual male, enjoying your time here, it's got softcore porn scenes, it's yes. got boobs, yep. it's got skinny dipping in a lake, it's they got Kara Knightley. They call girls plumpy. They call girls plumpy. Yeah, the call they girls say plumpy. things like, gayer than a meatball. Yeah. Kinda. Again, it, it's got some core elements to a guy's humor that they still tap into. You'll be you hear it here first. This uh, love actually is four stones, four stones, and it is a piece of solid gold shit. It, so, uh, hats off to them. So that's our show. Um, we're glad that you stuck. Uh, you, you, you sat with us here. Hopefully, you go out and see this movie. Let us know what you think. How many stones you give it? Uh, you can reach out to us on Twitter at r o stones guys. That's at r o stones with an s guys with an s, and. Uh, let us know how, what, what, were your, what comes out on your stone rating, and uh, let us know what else you want us to uh, look at and kind of break down for you. So uh, we'll be back soon. Thanks for listening. This is Alex and Matt signing off.